The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. It was an impossible task. Who would help him? Where would he find the words to say, the courage to do what was asked of him? He would need all the help he could get. and He knew he would make some enemies along the way with his message. That's how Kenneth Feinberg felt. In the wake of the 2001 terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, a man named Kenneth Feinberg was told to do the impossible. He oversaw the Victim Compensation Fund. It was a committee whose sole purpose it was to compensate the victims and the families of the attacks with U.S. dollars. Now, Feinberg was a capable lawyer and a brilliant mind But do you see his dilemma? How do you decide how much a human life is worth? How do you calculate the value and assign a number, a dollar sign, to it? It was an impossible task. Have you been given a task like that before? Not just a job that requires a little extra elbow grease, or that requires you to go the extra mile, but something literally impossible. If you have, then maybe you can start to understand Ezekiel the prophet. You see, Ezekiel was a prophet and a priest during some of Israel's darkest days. The Israelites had sinned and rebelled against God and shown that they wanted nothing to do with him. And so to turn them back from their sin and back towards him in repentance, God allowed them to be conquered. He sent the nation of Babylon to come sweeping through, and as they left, they took many Israelites back to Babylon as exiles. And that's where we find Ezekiel in our text far from home, feeling far from God, stranded with his fellow countrymen in a strange place. And to make matters worse, in our text, God appears to Ezekiel in a vision, and he tells him to do the impossible. Here's what Ezekiel saw. Then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. His task was simple enough. Go and preach. Preach to your fellow countrymen, people you know well, but it wouldn't be that easy. Because Ezekiel's message was not a happy one, a message of joy and peace. It was words of mourning, lament, and woe. God wanted Ezekiel to go and preach to his fellow Israelites and tell them to repent, to turn from their wicked ways, 
and back to God. But how? How could Ezekiel possibly find the courage and the strength to face his fellow Israelites? How could he look them in the eye and give them a message like this after everything they had already been through? But today, we, along with Ezekiel, can taste and see that the Lord is good. Because just as Ezekiel found out, we have a God who gives us grace. Grace in his message and grace in his messengers. As much as he thought he was alone, Ezekiel wasn't. Because God didn't send him empty-handed. He didn't give him a scroll with nothing on it. He gave him a scroll with his own words. And so, in his vision, Ezekiel could take this scroll. He could eat it just as God had commanded him to. And by doing so, he could take this message and make it a very part of who he was. Here's what our text says. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. As sweet as honey. Now at first glance, this message must have seemed bitter to the taste. After all, it was words of mourning and lament and woe that were written on it, words that would pierce the hearts of the Israelites. But as God gave Ezekiel the scroll to eat, Ezekiel found that it tasted sweet as honey. And it was sweet because it came from God. Just as a surgeon is required to do some cutting before the healing can begin, before he can mend what is broken, that's what God was calling Ezekiel to do. To preach to the people of Israel a message of repentance, of mourning and woe, and it would cut the Israelites to the heart. But then, through that message, God would start the healing process. He would create new hearts in his people, hearts that were willing to walk in step with him. This was exactly the kind of message that Israel needed to hear. But as we consider eating God's word, as we consider reading from it week after week and in our personal devotions, does it always taste sweet to us? Or do you sometimes hear what God has to say to you and it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth? Are there times where you've opened his word and God has exposed a sin in your life and it really hurt? Or maybe you've prayed to God, you've asked him for something, and he hasn't given you the answer you're looking for. And it's at those times that maybe it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. It's at those times that you start to look for a different message to sink your teeth into. Because there are plenty of messages out there. And the devil whispers through many different voices, different messages that offer us more pleasure and less pain, an easier path. But the thing about sin is that when it comes to us, when it gives us an invitation and offers us promises, it, it can never deliver on what it says. 
It can only leave you feeling empty. But dear friends, thanks be to God that we never have to doubt his message. His words are sweeter than honey. They nourish the hungriest soul. Even if he tells you something that's hard to swallow in the moment, we know who he is. We know the one who has written the scroll. He's the one who gave his son up for you and for me. So how can he not have our best interests at heart? He sent his son for us, and now we don't have to taste the bitterness of death. And so even those words of rebuke and correction we find in his word, they're medicine to us. And so we can do exactly what Ezekiel did. We can fill up on God's word. We can ingest it, make it a very part of who we are, because we know who has written the scroll. We can watch and see what happens when God's grace fills not your stomach, but your heart. So as Ezekiel prepared to bring this message, he had the words to say. They were from God himself. But there was another problem. Our text continues. He then said to me, Son of man, Go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the people of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. Did you catch how God described his own people? Hardened and obstinate. That was the spiritual state of Israel. And even though Ezekiel had received the words, the very words from God to preach, this would not be easy. You can understand it if you've had a difficult conversation with a close friend. If you've ever had to point out when they were in the wrong, it's a difficult conversation. And your words might sting for a moment, but hopefully they trust what you have to say and they take your words to heart. But it wouldn't be that easy for Ezekiel. God said the Israelites would simply not listen. They wouldn't even listen to God. Why would they listen to someone like Ezekiel? God himself said it would be easier for Ezekiel to preach to the Babylonians, the people around them who didn't even speak the same language. It was feeling more and more like an impossible task. And I'm sure all these thoughts went through Ezekiel's head. I'm sure he thought and pondered the difficult task ahead of him And to add to all this, we see in our text that God calls Ezekiel a son of man. Maybe right now, more than ever in his life, Ezekiel felt exactly like that. A son of man. A son of man who, like every person born of Adam and Eve, he was born into sin. Born with weaknesses, born with shortcomings. Maybe this caused Ezekiel to sit and think, am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough to be God's messenger? 
As he looked at God's impossible task, where would he find the strength to obey? But here we see that God himself provided the strength. God said, But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. Even though Ezekiel's audience would be hardened and obstinate, God would be with his servant. He would strengthen him, make him as strong-willed as they are, so that he would not falter and he would not be afraid. And so as Ezekiel stood up to take to the streets to begin this impossible task, he was not empty-handed because God gave him the words to say. He was not alone because God gave him his spirit, and he was not weak because God made him strong. He was exactly the kind of messenger that Israel needed. And dear friends, maybe today Ezekiel is the kind of messenger you need too. Because if you're like me, sometimes you fall into the mindset of the Israelites. Maybe there's a sin that has taken you captive or some doubt or worry in your mind that has laid hold of you and won't let go. Maybe you feel that there's something you've done that should exile you from God's love. Maybe all too often you feel like a son of man, just like Ezekiel did, with all the weaknesses and shortcomings that come along with it. But dear friends, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he sends messengers who preach his message to make the impossible possible. God faithfully sends us pastors and teachers, messengers who preach his word, and through that word, he cuts through our weakness, he silences our doubt, and he calms our fears. He gives his messengers his scroll, the words to say. He empowers them with his spirit. He strengthens them in their weakness. And he sends us, his people, the message and the messenger that we need. Because we have a God who will never give up on you. At some point in your life, God made sure that a pastor, a prophet, spoke his own words to you, and through that word, he created a faith in your heart, a trust that clings to what his son has done. And that's why we gather here. That's why week after week, we come back here to hear that message of comfort, that though our sins are many, God's mercy is more. It's here that we feast on God's good promises. We fill up on them and make them a part of who we are. His grace defines us, and it permeates and sustains our hearts. We come here because we hear the message of sweetest comfort, the fact that once the Son of Man, Jesus, walked this earth and breathed our air, he lived a perfect life in our place and died an innocent death. He paid our redemption price and didn't stop once to consider if we were worth it because you are priceless in his eyes. He defeated death. He conquered the grave. He opened paradise. He made the impossible possible.
And so today, if you doubt God's love or if you feel weaker than God's strength, take a lesson from Ezekiel. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And through God's message and his messengers, we can partake of that grace. And we find that his grace is sweeter than honey. Amen.